Hey listeners, just a reminder that the history of everything sex is for mature audiences, so listen with discretion. And don't forget, we're ready for suggestions, ideas, stories, whatever you want to tell us. Just email us at thehistoryofsexpod at gmail.com. Thanks! Hello, Miss Terry. Hi, Melinda. How are you? I am super excited to be back. Yes, it's been a while. Took us a little break. Had a little intermission. Made some changes in our lives. Made some changes in our lives, all for the better. All for the better. and All for the better. And now we're back and ready now to do this thing again. Centered and, mm-hmm. and the hoes are back. That's right. The hoes are back in town. everything sex. And speaking right of which, what? would you like to say you're welcome? I would like to say welcome. Class is in session. This is the history of everything sex. Wow, that was that was very um, professional. Professional. I'm trying to be professional. Okay. Change things up. All right. We're all about change. Yep, we if, are. If we're not about anything else, that's, that's what we're we all about. We are about change. All yep. right. So should we jump right on in? Let's jump in. I'm All ready. Right. This was a rumor that in China you could only have one child. I thought I thought that was true, but I well, didn't know if that was okay. If that was it still is. something, and we'll get to that part. Okay. But I just remember, like, even like I don't know when I was younger, just always hearing that, and I was just kind of like, "That's crazy." But I never like knew like why, or I mean, I guess right. I had an idea, but. Um, yeah, so I just had kind of heard whispers, rumors, whatever. So that is our topic for this episode, mm. is mm. China's one-child policy, so okay. that we can really get to the nitty-gritty of this. Good. I've I've often wondered, uh, one, how they enforce it, mm-hmm. two, why. <laughs> I mean, I think I know why, but mm-hmm. still... You're going to find out. I'm going to find out. Lay it on me. Well, well, to begin with, I would like to say that I, I consider myself pretty smart, except when it comes to two things, geography and history. Okay. Well, Which this is the history of everything. I, well, yeah. That, and I can find things out, but I just don't, right, I don't right, know right. stuff. I just know how to find things out, you know? Right, right. You're a good researcher. Yeah, I mean, my my knowledge of geography could probably fit into a thimble. I'm that mm-hmm. bad. And I mean, that goes from everything to, like, driving around town. I have to have my GPS. Yeah. If you name a country, probably couldn't tell you what continent it's on. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm really bad about it. So when I decided to do a deep dive into the one-child policy of China, I had to start by getting a little more information about China. Okay. Uh, I mean, obviously, I knew where it was, kind mm-hmm. of, sort of. Um, but I wanted to get a little more information. Sure. And so now I can share with you and our vast audience. Thousands of people listening. Yes. A very dumbed down, very simplified lesson on the Republic of China. Okay. And I will just stick with the highlights. I mean, this is actually a podcast about sex. So, you know. We don't want a very deep dive into history or geography, but, okay. you know, we'll, we'll get the gist of it here. So, as you may or may not know, mm-hmm. China is the largest country in Asia and the third largest country in the world. 
Do you know what the first two are? Uh, we're talking about countries. Mm -hmm. Canada. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the United States. No. Oh. Uh, huh? Russia. Oh, Russia. Russia. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. However, China is the most populated country on Earth. It occupies one fourteenth of the world's land, and China is super diverse when it comes to climates. There are areas of desert, there are areas of super cold, there are dry, barren areas, and there are heavy, heavily wooded jungle-like areas, and there are wonderful, beautiful, lush regions. Mm -hmm. And of all the countries in the world, China has the most drastic difference in temperatures between its northern border and its southern border. Mm -hmm. The country of China is close to the size of all of Europe. The capital of China is Beijing. And other well-known cities or provinces that we're all familiar with would be Shanghai, Hong Kong, Tibet, and Mongolia. And Mongolia. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the Gobi Desert and Mount Everest. Mm -hmm. And one third of the country is covered with mountains. Mm -hmm. Now, here's an interesting statistic. One in five people in the world is Chinese. Wow. I know. That we really Americans, shows you. We Americans always just assume everybody's American, British, right. English, mm -hmm. English right. speaking. Because that's who we are here in America. Uh, while just over 90% of the people in China are part of the Han or Chinese culture, sharing a common language and traditions, there are 55 minority populations as well. Now, some of these groups have a spoken and written language of their own. I mean, here in the United States, there's definitely different dialects, like different parts of the country use different terminology, like some say soda and some say Coke. Some say pop. And then your surfers in California definitely speak differently than people from New York. Mm -hmm. um, so we can often tell what part of the country someone is from just from the way they talk. But overall, we all speak the same language for mm -hmm. the most part. And then in China, that's not the case at all. The spoken and written language is completely different from one region to another. Maybe you've heard of Mandarin or Cantonese. Yes, I have. Those are a couple of the more well-known ones, but there's <clears> others that, you know, most people outside of China have never heard of. Hmm. Now, imagine this gigantic country with pockets of densely populated cities separated by huge, uninhabitable land or mountains where the language and culture is completely different from one area to another bordered by 14 countries who would probably like to steal some of that land. Now imagine trying to rule and control this place mm -hmm. with no internet or television or radio. Well, let me tell you, there were few over the centuries who were actually able to take on that big task. Mm -hmm. Yet somehow, some <clears throat> things were enforced over time. For example, China was a closed country we talked a little bit about this way back in our episode about tentacle porn. Mm -hmm. As the rest of the world moved forward in every way, China just kind of sat there being China, 
Um, but let's talk about how the country did eventually evolve. So as far as the population goes, I like to put it into a timeline. Way, 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 way back in 800 BCE, mm -hmm. there were about 13.7 million people in all of China, which is just a million more than the current population of Illinois. Hmm. So not that many people for that big area, right? Mm -hmm. In the year two, just two, just two, <laughs> two just two. In the year 2 CE, that number was up to 59.6 million. So it tripled. Wow. Plus. And then, so that is about the population of England today, give or take a couple million. Now, as the 12th century began, the population reached 100 million, roughly the population of California, plus Texas, plus New York and Georgia. Wow. The population then took a hit from some wars and invasions, but it bounced back to nearly 60 million again by the 1380s. You remember the 1380s? Of course, back then. Neon uh, and going back starter to... jackets. Yep. <laughs> Me and my uh, members only jackets <laughs> and jelly, right. jelly shoes. From there, the population just continued to increase and increase. The census in 1762 put the country's population at over 200 million, which is really still a relatively small population considering how much land we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So this is about the current population of Brazil. So the number of people in Brazil, that's how many people lived in that great big China. Okay. But. 70 years later, which in the big scope of things really isn't that long, uh, in 1834, the population had already doubled to over 400 million, surpassing the current population of the United States. Wow. Uh, this is when things started to get rough. Yeah. Even though China is loads bigger than the U.S., like we talked about earlier, not all of that land is livable space. So it was starting to get a little crowded. Mm -hmm. Over the next hundred years, the population continued to grow. Then, in 1949, a huge shift occurred in China. A socialist government took over leadership of the massive country. The new leaders were ready to implement plans to make the country more economically profitable and make some monumental changes. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, a revolution began. Yeah. The communist leaders were dead set on making China one united nation again, as opposed to the independent states that it had become. Mm -hmm. So some of the big changes that the new leader, Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong. Sure. Uh, are we racist? We didn't sound racist, did we? No, I don't think. That's how we used to, that's how I was taught. It's Mao Zedong. Okay. Well, then that's how good. I was taught it was said. Yeah, well, some of the big changes that he wanted to implement included equal rights for women. <laughs> Calm what? down there, Mousadon. Yeah. Uh, redistribution of land, mandated decreases in rent nationwide, and overall more freedom for the citizens of the People's so Republic far, of China. I like what he has to say. I'm saying we vote for it. All, it sounds really good. Yeah. Vote, vote that. Vote Zedong. Zedong in. Yep, please do. 
Uh, but there was also a plan put in place to make China an industrial powerhouse. So factories were erected, <laughs> erected. Um, <laughs> highways and railroads were built. Advances in agriculture meant a whole lot more grain being grown and sold really cheap, and life was good. Living conditions were improving just about everywhere. Sanitation as well as medical care improved. And of course, this always leads to more sex, more babies. Mm -hmm. Yep. And people were living longer. Okay. So you can see where we're headed with this. I can see. Yep. Yep. Also starting in 1949, Chinese people were actually encouraged to go forth and multiply. Birth control was not only declared illegal, it was banned from being brought into the country at all. Jeez. They said, we are are going to multiply whether you like it or not. Also, the population, so obviously the population continued to grow. A national census was finally taken in 1953, and it was realized that the country's population had increased by a hundred million since 1949. So in four years. Jeez. With the number of citizens now over 600 million, the ban on birth control was repealed in 1954. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on a second. Right. Which doesn't help the, you know, that one lady that's sitting there with six kids that she just had in the past five She's years. She's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. She's like, well, okay, then I guess I can stop now. Mm-hmm. Around 1955, Mao Zedong, Mao Zedong, thank you, implemented a new plan to improve the economy of China. He's like, wait, 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 I got it. I got it. Hold on. Uh This is called the Great Leap Forward. Okay. Uh, I won't bore. Set your clocks. Exactly. Yeah. It's called Daylight Savings Time. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't bore the listeners or you with the details, but. I will tell you that this turned out to be a terrible idea that significantly backfired. Mm -hmm. So then, from 1959 to 1961, the government got a little carried away, and they decided to start trading grain to Russia in exchange for machines and tools, Mm -hmm. which, leaving 20 million peasants, half of them children, to starve to death due to not having enough food left for themselves. So, got this country, we're very self-sufficient, we're making all this grain to feed us, but you know what, let's just take half that grain and trade it for better machines. And mm-hmm. it's okay that that means half the people aren't going to have any food to eat. Any food, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Seeing this food shortage, the leaders decided that the issue was about supply and demand. If you have less food, you need to have less people so that you can feed everyone. Right. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And so began the nation's birth control push. So we have done a whole 180 here. Mm-hmm. Family planning services had become available in 1953. Women were encouraged to take advantage of the resources in order to limit and or delay pregnancies at that time. But the message was inconsistent. Starting in 1962, they doubled down and they ramped up the promotion of birth control and they started adding a push for later marriages. So this has completely, literally turned around, like all over right, less right. than 10 years, right? So by 1970, 
the Military Control Commission of China's Ministry of Health announced that all birth control would now be available at no charge at all. Come and get it. <laughs> Whatever you want, you got it. Access to contraceptives. Tubes tied, vasectomies. Everything. It's we'll all there. It. Right. Access to contraceptives as well as abortions was greatly improved across the country. And soon the mantra of later, longer, fewer could be heard. Meaning start your family later, wait longer between pregnancies, and have fewer kids. Okay. <clears throat> kind of what I told my kids. You know, yeah. it's not a bad, not a bad philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, deciding that just recommending and encouraging small families was not enough. Sometime in the early 70s, a somewhat lenient law slash very stern recommendation of no more than two children per family came out. So now the propaganda poster screamed, three is too many. One is not enough. Two is perfect. Right. The message was everywhere, in music, art, posters, save our country, do your part in stopping future generations from starving to death. Population control was becoming a very hot topic. Mm-hmm. Five years later, 1975, some very educated people started really researching the Chinese population and the predicted trends. While the number of people in China had decreased by 1.8% since 1970, over half the population was under the age of 21, Hmm. which meant that there was eventually going to be more and more babies born. So there was no doubt that the trend would soon turn to increased population. Mm -hmm. So you thought you were keeping things calmer, and then you said, everybody have babies and then you said everybody don't have babies and you've just really screwed everything up Mm -hmm. to simply sum up some issues that had already arisen due to the drastic changes implemented by the government since 1949 here are some highlights many many citizens were relocated from the rural areas to more urban areas in order to help build and run the new factories and the new expanded cities This left fewer farmers to grow crops and feed the country. So farmland was combined into large plots of land run by large groups of people. Mm -hmm. However, turned out that China did not have the available energy or means of transporting such a high volume of goods to actually crank out the amount of product that they aimed to produce. Nor did they have the means to get it out to where they could make money on it. Suddenly, there were too many workers, not enough work, not enough pay for them. So, there was a big migration back to all the rural homes. Around this time, there was also technological advances, Mm -hmm. machines, that were making farming somewhat less hands-on, meaning that less workers were needed. So, now, people were migrating to the crowded cities to find work. Bottom line, the unemployment rate was through the roof. Right, right, right. By the late 70s, most people who lived in the city did not want to have a big family. Living quarters were cramped, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Homes did not have refrigerators or other time-saving amenities that we all take for (laughs) granted now. And whether one or both parents worked, families were definitely stretched thin, 
financially and time-wise. On the other hand, families in the country needed to have more kids. When daughters grew up and married, they left the family to go live with their new husband. Also, farmers did not have pensions to count on in their older age. They needed kids who could support them once they were too old to work, mm -hmm. right? Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when the government decided to enforce the one-child policy nationally, it was mainly the rural citizens who were monitored most closely. In the city, nearly all businesses were owned by the government. Therefore, the urban population had been incentivized to limit their family size. For example, those with one child were given better access to housing and schools. Job prospects and potential raises or promotions greatly declined when an employee had more than one child. But in the country, people had to be bullied and forced to abide by the policy, even more so when it actually became law around 1979. So that's when it was officially the law. Mm -hmm. Stories of forced abortions, kidnapping family members in order to convince a family to terminate a pregnancy, and charging couples extremely large fines for second and further on babies tell all about how tragic this situation was. Wow. So this was, this was getting real nasty. I don't like this at all. This went on for decades. The, with the population reaching 1 billion in 1980, I wouldn't fault someone for saying that something needed to be done to at least slow the population growth. But some unforeseen consequences occurred over the many years of the one-child policy. And this is, I know we've been on here for a minute, but this is where I think it gets interesting. Because mm -hmm. you know what? You fuck with nature because you think you know what's the right thing to do. And it all just comes back on you because you can't right. always foresee how things are going to be affected. Right, right, right. So one example is the overwhelming number of female babies in orphanages in China. Huh. As most families, especially those in the rural areas, needed to have sons to help them and support them, families who had girl babies would abandon or surrender them at an orphanage so they could try again for a boy. Mm. The videos and news stories of the homes for these girls is so awful and heart-wrenching. Can only imagine. Absolutely. These babies and little kids get little to no physical contact. Thousands, if not millions, of little girls died of starvation or illness due to the overcrowded, underfunded, understaffed orphanages. Mm -hmm. Of course, this is why we have seen such a great number of Chinese female orphans being adopted by foreign families, especially here in the U.S. Another consequence was the lack of reliable records and statistics. With many children being undocumented and hidden, there's no way to have accurate counts of people, which also brings up the point that undocumented Chinese citizens could not receive a formal education or health care. So you're like, oh, I have my baby. I really love the baby. I don't want them to take it away, whatever, or I'm pregnant. I don't want them to make me terminate this. So I'm going to have the baby. I'm going to hide it. But the baby can't go to school, can't have health care, has to be literally hidden away, you know. Right, right, right. So it's 
lose-lose is really what right. it is. Totally. One of the biggest consequences was the disproportionate number of males to females in China. Between gender-selective abortions, female newborns being killed or left to die, and female children being hidden and unable to receive proper health care, the number of males way surpassed the number of girls. Mm. This, interestingly, has increased the national crime rate. Huh. Men who are single, and especially men who literally cannot find a woman to be with, are apparently much more likely to commit crimes. Got a little pent-up energy Very there. interesting, right. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. Okay, so November 11th, or 1111, is Singles Day in China. Originally called Bachelor's Day, it's a day for single people, mostly men, to celebrate being single. It's somewhat of a break, really, because the thought is that the rest of the year, bachelors are super depressed and they are pissed about being single. Mm -hmm. So this day has become the biggest online and retail shopping day of the year worldwide. Wow. Right? crazy that's crazy it's like oh i was feeling bad the other 364 days so today i'm gonna shop right right who knew um also because parents want their sons to be happy and to have a family the majority of luxury apartments in the big cities are bought up by these parents in the hopes that this will convince women to date and eventually marry their sons huh women got the pick of the litter you know there's right they can they got they can be picky the sausage fest over there. Exactly, right? Mm -hmm. But the biggest negative has come out but the biggest negative that has come out of the one child policy may be the lack of a strong workforce. Mm. As of twenty twenty one, the percentage of the population age sixty and older in China is eighteen percent. Wow. Another 24% are between the ages of 45 and 59. 23% are 30 to 44, 18% are 15 to 29, and only 16% are 15 or younger. So wow. as the population <clears throat> continues to age, there are going to be less and less young people to care for the old people. Right, right. They're already seeing the beginnings of labor shortages. So the policy did succeed in curbing curbing the population growth of China. As of 2023, the population is 1.4 billion people. And while that is obviously a shit ton of people, mm -hmm. experts say that the rate of the population increase is less than it was in the 70s. So the That's rate good, of least. increase. Right. There's more people, but it's growing slower. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, there's also debate about whether the birth rate would have naturally slowed even without the one-child mandate. Around the same time that the policy started, women were starting to join the workforce. More people living in the cities meant less need to have a large family to help on the farms and less living space for lots of kids. And culture in general was changing, and it's believed that the later, longer, fewer philosophy would have naturally occurred regardless of government intervention. I don't know. I feel like somebody who was responsible for this kind of came up with this. 
theory. Right. Like, right. Even if I hadn't made this law, it would have just happened anyway. You know? Right. So it's not really my fault. As of January 1st, 2016, China's one-child policy was officially changed to a two-child policy. Okay. Seven years ago. That year, one million more babies were born than the year before. Mm. In May 2021, the law was amended to the current three-child limit. Okay. At this time in China, you're allowed to have up to three kids. So where are we now? Right. Well, you may or may not be surprised to learn that in 2023, Chinese people are actually being incentivized to have babies. We're back to this again. Okay. The birth rate has steadily declined and the population is projected to really take a hit over the next 20 years. So maternity and paternity leave have been improved among other things. In fact, there are some really recent eye-opening news stories about China trying to come up with ways to persuade young couples to have multiple children, Mm -hmm. including subsidies, more affordable child care and education, and even making fertility treatments more accessible and affordable. Wow. They're now pulling out all the stops. They are. It's like, guys, slow your roll. Exactly. Now, the biggest effect that has come from the many, many years of China's one-child policy is sadness. Mm. It is heart-wrenching to read stories of the mothers and fathers who had to hide or fight to protect their babies and women forced into sterilizations or having to make the devastating decision to adopt out their daughters. Which brings me to a wonderful man named... Chen Guancheng. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Chen Guancheng. Um, a human rights advocate and lawyer. Now, Chen's first experience taking on the Chinese government was in 1996 when he fought on behalf of his own family who were being taxed despite Chen himself being blind. Citizens with disabilities and their families were legally exempt from paying taxes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. After winning his case, he became a staunch supporter of those with disabilities, and he fought hard for their rights. Many Chinese with disabilities, especially the blind community, looked, okay, not looked, (laughs) thought of Chen as a hero. Okay. Chen also fought for villagers who were being forced to pay crazy amounts of money to rent their farmland from the government. And later, he was instrumental in shutting down a paper mill that was polluting the public water system. So we like this guy. It's the old mm-hmm. Aaron Brockovich of China. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, in 2005, uh, Chen, a father of two, despite the one-child policy. Mm-hmm began collecting information and stories from families in the city of Linyai and surrounding areas regarding their experiences with the Family Planning Council. Okay. He recorded stories of forced late-term abortions, coerced sterilizations, and torture of loved ones to convince women to abort their pregnancies. Wow. Armed with the names of over 130,000 citizens, 
who had been held against their will for days or even weeks until they gave in to the demands of the agents, Chen took his findings public. Not only did he file a class action lawsuit against the Chinese government, he also told his story to anyone who would listen, mm -hmm. leading to international awareness of what was happening. So, you know how the media is, boy, you get the word out there and all of a sudden, right, you got people getting pissed off. Right, right. The lawsuit overall failed in court. Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. But the attention that Chen brought to the cruel treatment landed Chen himself in a world of trouble. Mm. By September of 2005, police had placed Chen on house arrest, which is a really nice way of saying that they would not let him leave his home for any reason. Mm -hmm. After six months, Chen was removed from his home and taken somewhere like a jail. We'll just go with that nice word jail to await his trial. Okay. On August 24th, 2006, in a two-hour trial, two hours, with his lawyers not allowed to attend, fair, not fair, this circus of a court found Chen guilty of some bullshit charge of damaging property and organizing a mob. Mm. He was sentenced to four years in prison. Okay. Rights groups around the world were incensed. They all said that this was complete nonsense, obviously, yet he served every day of those four years. But finally, he was a free man, mm -hmm. on paper anyway. In reality, he returned home where authorities kept constant guard of his house, not allowing anyone to come or go. Okay. So all communications were taken away. The electricity was even turned off. Their six-year-old daughter and Chen's mother were harassed. And during this time, both the U.S. Congressman Chris Smith, as well as actor Christian Bale, tried to visit Chen's family, and neither were successful. Christian Bale was even beaten up and had stones thrown at him. He and Superman? You're right. Yeah. No, that's not Christian Bale. Yes, it is. Batman, Batman. Oh, Batman. Yeah, you're right. What'd you say, Superman? I said Superman. Well, I was going right along with <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, no, 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 no. The Hulk. I, I know it's not. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Miraculously, on April 22nd of 2012, Chen escaped in the middle of the night. He met up with an ally and through something like the Underground Railroad, Chen made it to the U.S. Embassy in Beijing. Some of those who helped him mysteriously died or disappeared soon after. As for Chen... After a month of hiding out at the embassy and trying to negotiate with the Chinese government, he and his wife and kids flew to New Jersey, and he had been given a work visa as he had been hired by New York University. Wow. In 2021, Chen officially became a United States citizen, and he continues to work really hard here for human rights. Very cool. Yeah. So that's the end of the story, but I have a few little um, um, little fun stuff just since that was kind of a kind of a dry episode. All right. Um, so some stuff about China and, you know, a lot of people already know this stuff, but I think it's fun to just kind of go over it again. Like I know uh, you probably know that the 
The Chinese zodiac features 12 animals. Yeah. Uh, the rat, the ox, the tiger, the rabbit, the dragon, the snake, the horse, the sheep, the monkey, the rooster, the dog, and the pig. Which kind of sound like all the guys I dated in high school, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. But, um, so you and I, Terry, are both tigers. Yes, we are. Right. We're who day? <laughs> that's that's right. Bengals <laughs> tigers. Uh, we are considered to be brave, but cruel, forceful, and terrifying. And we are the symbol of power. Which well, makes all, of all that kinds is so of sense. true. That's right. Uh, we're adventurous and ambitious. We have a so strong sense of justice, but we might be a little arrogant. Huh. huh. I'll be the judge of that. I don't know. Yeah, who I to, know. I don't who, think, who think I'm you are telling me, telling my don't beautiful self. Don't they know who, who they're talking <laughs> That's to? That's right. <laughs> Hello. Our lucky numbers are one, three, and four, which is funny because my lucky number is 13. Oh, which is mine is 14. One, three, and yours is one, four, so makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Our lucky colors are gray, blue, white, and orange, which absolutely, no, they're not, but okay. Right. Um, well, it our, says lucky. That's true. Not favorite, just lucky. So gray, blue, white, and orange, right? Yeah. Which orange well, is orange, for my bangles? And orange is my favorite color. See, there you go. Yeah, yeah. you know what? You're right. And yeah. blue is my favorite color, so. There you go. Yeah. Uh, lucky directions. They even have lucky directions. So like, our... uh, read, like, uh, put in the microwave for three minutes. Like, take out. Do not use in the feel, bathtub. Film. <laughs> yeah. Do not remove the tag. Right. Uh, <laughs> no. This is lucky directions of south and east and, drum roll please, southeast. Okay. So... Then our unlucky numbers are six, seven, eight. There's an old joke about because six. No, that's seven, no, it's eight, seven, nine. eight, nine. Eh, you're right. Never mind. Good try. Uh, Good try. <laughs> <laughs> and then our unlucky direction, of course, is northwest because that's exactly the opposite of southeast. Right, so right. yeah, that makes sense. I mean, right. I don't really know why, but right. And then okay. speaking of lucky and unlucky in the Chinese culture, um. Colors have lucky and unlucky meanings. Red is the favorite of the Chinese people. It means good luck and happiness. Hmm. White is related to death and funerals. Hmm. And yellow is regarded as the royal color in ancient China. Hmm. I think it's funny that red means luck and happiness because they say that red means uh, like it invokes like a warning. Hunger. Yeah, and oh. hunger, which is why, okay. like, all the restaurant signs are always so heavily, you know, red. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, McDonald's. And, I mean, if you start if you start looking at signs now that you know that, now you'll I'm be gonna like. I'm going to see. Well, Wendy's. Yeah. KFC. Yeah. Arby's. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's. McDonald's. Red Robin. Red Robin. Oh. Red Outback. Squirrel. Red <laughs> <laughs> Outback. Um, uh, um, let's see. In China, numbers that sound like words with lucky meanings Roy are considered. Rogers. Okay. Uh, Parties. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hungry. But you know what's not? White what? Castle. 
White Castle is it's not. It's amazing that they're even still in business. Well, they're blue and white, and that's our lucky num lucky colors. So that's right. There you go. I Sorry. It's their lucky Sorry. colors, too. I interrupted you again. <laughs> so the numbers 8, 6, and 9 are lucky numbers. 8 in Chinese is pronounced ba, and it sounds fim similar to fa, as in fakai, which means well off or becoming rich in a short time. I feel like that's quite a stretch. I know. It's like, <laughs> like you could turn anything into anything. You right. Want. Like, duh what it sounds, sounds like. like fa, and fa is in fun. So, duh so, is fun. A fun and word. it ends in N. And right. N is neighbor. And my neighbor's dog's barking right now. Oh my God. Fa means dog. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The number four is an unlucky number because its pronunciation is. Si or C, whatever S-I is, uh, which is similar to the word for death in Chinese. Well, then why don't you change the number four and not pronounce it Si anymore? Right. Why don't we change it to Quattro? Right. Then it won't sound like death. Why not? Yeah. God, imagine if you're four years old and your family's like, you are death. Right. You're like, geez. 95% of unauthentic goods in the world come from China. Huh. Unauthentic. Like my first engagement ring. Unauthentic. <laughs> okay, so here's our quiz before we wrap up our episode for the day. Okay, all right. So, Terry, you must tell me whether the following things were invented in China or not. Okay. This invented in China, not made in China. Right, exactly. Okay. Invented. The toothbrush. Nah. Yes. Oh. I know, right? Who knew? Yeah. Um, how about the wheelbarrow? Nah. Yes. No, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it does. I don't know why, because okay. they did work in like the rice patties and oh. stuff. Maybe okay. they need to like, wheelbarrow for that. I don't think so. I could see them creating. Wheelbarrow. I don't know. <laughs> I can't even say it right. I always say wheelbarrow. Wheelbarrow. We're going to just move wheelbarrow. along. Okay. How about soda pop? Nah. No, that was invented in England. How about the compass? Nah. Yes, it was. Oh. I just like saying nah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. What about chopsticks? I feel like this is a trick question. Yes. Yes, you're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about the first passenger drone in the world? No. Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. You're bad <laughs> a thousand, girl. Yeah, I am. How about the children's slide? Yes. Nope. <laughs> That's from the UK. Jesus, Jones. Okay. Did the Chinese invent umbrellas? Nah. Yes. God dang. I'm usually pretty good at this. I know. I, mean, I guess I'm out of practice. You're off your game. Did yeah. the Chinese invent the canoe? Yes. Nope. Netherlands. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, did the Chinese invent gunpowder? No. Yes, they did. 
Did the Chinese invent kites? Yes. Yes. Okay. Damn, yes. Did the Chinese invent the chair? No. Correct. That was yeah. Egypt. I knew Egypt. I knew they had my back and my butt. <laughs> they got your feet. Clearly. <laughs> Did the Chinese invent kung fu? They As say in, everybody was kung fu fighting. I was just going to say that. Let's say yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Did the Chinese invent the mattress? No. No, that was South Africa. Look okay. at you. You're on a roll now. Yep, I know. Did the Chinese invent the ruler? Not like the king ruler, but like, let me measure something that's 12 uh, no. inches or shorter i think that's egyptians cool. did that nope that was england oh which also starts with an e so you're very close yeah how about matches yes yes ah. last one last okay. chance nope i got two more for you how about the diaphragm That's a good question because we're talking about reproduction. Mm -hmm. No. No, that was Germany. Yeah, that seemed like something Germany would make. Right. I like walls and stuff. <laughs> Did you say walls? Oh, I got you. <laughs> the wall. I got you. But Chinese has a wall. Chinese, China has a wall. <laughs> they have a too. wall. They got, no, there's just, how silly of me to forget. <laughs> All right, last but not least. Okay. The first qualified robot doctor. Oh, my God. I didn't even know there were more right. than there, there was a first. Uh, let's <laughs> see. Yeah. They... Yes. Okay. As cool. opposed to the unqualified Unqualified, robot. right. <laughs> Which I, is who I you guess... get when you don't have it, private insurance. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end of my episode. Well, that so, was very interesting. That I was... hope so. I was worried it would, I don't know, it's a little dry, but I, I still think that the, the gist of it's interesting about the whole, man, how they fucked themselves so bad with the, we don't want to be overpopulated, so we're right. going to limit, and then it's, yeah, let's limit, oh, and then shit. let's, no, everybody, let's have more. Now we don't have but enough I people did to not take care know, of the people. <laughs> did not know that it was, that they could do, have three now. Yes. So, good yes. for them letting people. Reproduce. Yeah. Reproduction. Reproduction. That's from Google. Oh. That's okay. from Well, that was fun. Anything else? Um, no. Uh, I think I, I'm going to go watch some Kung Fu fighting now. Absolutely. Because clearly everybody is. Yes. Kung Fu They're fighting. fast as lightning and all that. Correct. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, we'll sign off then. Everybody All have right. a good one, and we'll see you later. See you next time. Bye. Bye.